Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm very excited for this week's special show. Kind of an experimental episode of F This Movie. It's the first time we're trying this, but I hope not the last. I am joined for this very special experiment episode. Uh, I don't know what we're going to call it yet. I dare you to watch this, but it's not really a dare. Anyway, please welcome back to the show, Robin Buckley. Welcome back, Robin. Thank you for letting me on again. Thank you for being on again. I, I asked you to come on. I didn't let you come on. I begged um, my way on. <laughs> <laughs> so we were trying to think of what we were going to cover for this episode. And somehow it sort of morphed into this idea where we would try to fill in some of the holes in our respective movie watching mm-hmm. by insisting that the other person watch three movies that they had never seen. Do, am I characterizing this correctly? You are. Okay. So Robin picked three movies that she thought I should see that I had never seen. I picked three movies that I thought Robin should see that she had never seen. I think of the two of us, I got the better deal. Um, No, because I really enjoyed two of mine, ah. and I'm confused on one of them. <laughs> well, you gave me pretty much all classics, and I didn't give that to you. <laughs> No, but you went you went with kind of the guidelines I gave you where I told you my blind spots and right. you helped fill them in. All right. Well, then we'll we'll see uh how this all shakes out. So we'll go back and forth each sharing uh movies that we watched at the other's insistence. We're going to skip what have you seen uh lately this episode because we have these six other movies to talk about in some detail. So uh, next week, we'll get back to that whole, what have you seen lately? Uh, but I will go first, and I will mention, uh, okay, so the first movie that you asked me to watch is West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm somewhat deficient in my musical watching, and I feel like late 50s, early 60s, I have a lot of blind spots because that was when Hollywood started making these three-hour epics. Um, <laughs> yes. And, you know, and it has everything to do with sort of combating television, right? So we have to make these big-scale movies, big widescreen epics that, you know, have this enormous scope and are three hours long and, and stuff you couldn't see on TV. And so all the historical epic dramas of the period, a lot of the musicals from the time period, all of these things I had never seen. Mm-hmm. But I will say this about West Side Story. I, <laughs> I, I'm not proud of this. In <laughs> 1997, uh, was in a community theater production of West Side Story. So I'm familiar with the show okay. Okay. to almost a nauseating degree. <laughs> Because I did it so many times. Uh, this was actually the show where I met Erica. Um, okay. That's how we met. Although we w- didn't really know each other then. We were just in the same show. But it wasn't like we got to talking and hit it who, off. It's Who who were you in it? I was just... I joined a week before uh, the show <laughs> because a friend of mine was playing Tony. And he said, okay. oh, they need guys. Can you come do this? And I had done shows in high school and stuff. So I said, yeah, fine. So I learned the whole show in a week. I did not have a part. I was a shark, which is 
particularly <laughs> funny because I'm a very fair complexion <laughs> and of an I, yeah. I'm I'm embarrassingly white uh, in in both my appearance and my demeanor. Um, but they, they did. They, they didn't. They, they didn't have any more jets. <laughs> I guess. I guess not. They were all go figure. The northwest suburbs of uh, Chicago. They were all full up on white boys. So they put some makeup on me and told me to dye my hair black. So it's every bit as offensive as the movie. Oh wow! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did. I whatever. And I was uh, unconvincingly Puerto Rican for a time. And uh, so I knew West Side Story very, very well. So it was a weird thing to watch the movie because Mm -hmm. on the one hand, it was just, oh, this is all coming back to me. Um, And on the other, it was trying to assess it purely on its own merits as a movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I I almost can't. I almost can't divorce. um, From your experience? Yeah. Or just even from knowing the material. You know, knowing yeah. the songs. And I, I don't... People are going to be very upset with me. I don't love a lot of the songs in West Side Story. I mean, there are certainly many that stand out as, well, okay, this is very well-known. This is classic. And obviously, you know, Tonight Tonight and uh, I Just Met a Girl Named Maria. Like, those are very pretty. Yeah. Um But stuff like Officer Krupke, I'm just like, what is this? What? <laughs> Why is... We just need filler for this show. Um. <laughs> There was a lot of stuff that it, it's Robert Wise and that other person. God damn Jerome it. Jerome Robbins. Thank you, Jerome Robbins, who directed the film. And there's a lot of stuff that they do that I think is an attempt to be cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the whole opening. That's all just silent. You know, it's all just sort of the jets forming together and mm-hmm. dancing down the street. Um, I liked some of those moments where... On stage, I'm guessing they just blacked out the rest of the stage and hit certain characters with a spotlight. Um, And in here, they sort of go out of focus almost. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. You're talking about like the the dance, like when they meet at the dance? Yeah, yeah. It's just them? Okay. When they're trying to highlight, yeah, just those characters. Um, I liked a lot of the the dancing. You know, there's a a, a certain sort of athleticism to the dancing that's kind of neat. And um, I don't dance fighting. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know necessarily enough about the history of musical theater to be able to say what West Side Story sort of pioneered, if anything, versus what had come before it. Um, So maybe that was a style of dancing that was already kind of popular. Um, I, I actually, I wish I knew that. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, you know, the performances I thought were generally good. <laughs> um, I have a hard time with Natalie Wood as Maria, and Natalie Wood is lovely, but she is neither Puerto Rican nor a singer. And yeah, because so, it's uh, Marty Nixon singing. Right, exactly. So we have someone playing the wrong nationality who is also dubbed. Um, but, yep. you know, Rita Moreno is great, and yes. uh, uh, what's-his-name is great um riff uh twin peaks oh, tamblin russ tamblin. yes yes uh it's a lot of fun to watch russ tamblin um yes but i don't know so talk to me about your experience with this movie um i saw it for the first time as a little kid i watched a lot of musicals i was a theater kid <laughs> um it's it's not my favorite 
but it was one of those ones when you were saying you hadn't seen a lot of musicals or a lot of like the kind of maybe not epics, but like you had said, you haven't seen Sound of Music. Right. But I wasn't going to make you do that. <laughs> um, you didn't have me watch one movie that was under two hours, by the way. They're they're not you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally <laughs> fine. But when I got to Spirited <laughs> Away and I was like... When I, I told him I wouldn't do Gone with the Wind, but because <laughs> that's like four hours long, there's a there's an intermission in the middle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, no, I I just always liked the story. I like I like I like the sharks the best. Um, Rita Marino is her character is my favorite. Yeah. Um, Anita and has the best song with America, which watching it again. Like I rewatched it before this and it's still that song. America is still kind of very uh, appropriate for today. Sure. And so I was like, you know, there's a lot of things that might seem kind of old fashioned and stuff, but a lot of the story I feel like still works for today and kind of reflects society today. And I wasn't expecting that going back into a rewatch. Okay. And I was like, oh, you know what? You know, I was kind of happy I gave it to you because because of the fact that it still makes sense today, right? In a depressing way. <laughs> I'm I'm certainly happy to have seen it finally. It's just yeah. there. It, I, it's pretty rare that I see a, a musical based on a property that maybe I'm already familiar with, yeah. um, and that it really has any impact on me. Um, I remember I did Bye Bye Birdie in high school and I deliberately didn't watch the film. Same with like Oklahoma. I didn't watch the films prior to doing the shows because I didn't want to end up copying certain things. Mm -hmm. um, so I would watch them after I would finish the show. And in both cases, I was just like, all right. Yeah. I mean, those are the songs I know acted out on screen. <laughs> but uh, and Bye Bye Birdie, I mean, it takes such a crazy departure from the stage show that it was almost like watching a completely different property but it's rare for those to be able to have an impact on me i you know i feel like uh maybe chicago was the last musical movie that really kind of grabbed me because i'd never seen mm -hmm. it on stage i didn't know most of the music and i thought rob marshall really tried to make something that lent itself to cinema as opposed to just a stage adaptation yeah much more it is much more cinematic. Yeah. Um, see, I wish, I wish I knew that you'd been in West Side Story. I would have probably found you a different musical. Sure. <laughs> um, just maybe something you were less familiar with, so you didn't have kind of the preconceived idea of like what you were looking for or yeah. what you were thinking was going to happen. Although I, I don't know what I would have given you. Maybe, uh, maybe have you seen Sweet Charity? I have not. That's a weird one. Okay. But maybe I would have given you that because Shirley okay. MacLaine is adorable in it. Oh, I do like Shirley MacLaine. I mean, this one's good because anytime it comes up and I have to say, oh, you know, I've never seen the, the movie of West Side Story. People are shocked. I can't believe you've never seen <laughs> how, how have you never seen West Side Story? And then when I saw the movie, I was like, well, yeah, I have seen West Side Story. You know, I didn't I haven't seen this movie of it. But, but you've seen. But I've seen West Side Story, right? <laughs> exactly. There was nothing in the movie that I felt like, oh, this is quite different. I mean, it was basically what I knew, mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. Um, did West Side Story win Best Picture? Um, 
Let's yeah, see. Yeah, these are things I should have uh, looked up ahead of time, but... It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and won 10, including Best Picture. Holy cow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so again, like, it was a phenomenon when it came out. You know, I know that. And I think it was a phenomenon amongst a lot of young people, which I don't know that, like, a ton of musicals were at that point. So I understand its importance. Um, it's just a hard thing to to appreciate, at least for me, on a first time viewing in 2018. I get that. I get yeah. that. When when I was rewatching it, I forgot that the beginning, like the title screen, is literally just. I don't know if yours was the same, but it's just like a kind of drawing with colors, and the entire score plays yeah. for like 10 minutes yeah. and I was the just overture. like oh he might be bored by this <laughs> and he'd be like uh, just skip that part well right it's it's I understand the reason for some of this right it's like well let's bring the stage experience to the screen so that people who maybe haven't had a chance to go see West Side Story on Broadway or who can't afford the price of a ticket you know it sort of democratizes this whole stage show and brings that experience to a wider audience. So I get that. Um, but it just makes it, I think, harder to stand apart as a movie. Yeah. No, I I get that. I get that. I think... Uh, so I'm thinking you're coming down on the... Was this your least favorite <laughs> of the three? It's hard to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I was like, I feel like I know which one's going to be your favorite. And then one of them, I'm like, that was a real wild card. So. Okay. Interesting. So I will say in all three cases, well, no, two of the cases, uh, because one, I just pretty much flat out thought was, it knocked me on my ass. Um, the other two, West Side Story being one of them, the movie is not the problem. In, in both of the other cases, I am the problem. You know what I mean? Uh, for West Side Story, it's because I had this knowledge of the material, uh, because there's a little bit of an acting style that I sometimes will roll my eyes at. Um, and again, I go back to like the, the sort of exaggerated performance style of the officer Krupke number. Yep. And part of it is because it's been like, did you ever used to watch uh, Mr. Show with Bob and David? No. Okay. So it's like a nineties. No, it's fine. It's a sketch comedy from the nineties, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. And it's, for my money, the best sketch comedy of all time. And one of the reasons is because they were so observant about things that other comedians weren't quite picking up on. And I feel like if you had just swapped in David Cross and Bob Odenkirk to that Officer Krupke number, I would have been on the floor <laughs> laughing because I would have been like, boy, they really nailed what's annoying about this. And instead, I'm just trying to watch the thing that's annoying. Um, again, this is me reacting. This isn't me saying, oh, that's a bad musical number or they performed it badly because yeah. I know West Side Story is beloved and I'm not taking that away from anyone. It's that particular number uh, grates on me in a certain way that I can't exactly articulate. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> um, so let's get to your first movie because... I'm bashing my head against a wall, not even totally able to remember the third movie that I assigned to you. Oh. 
okay. Right? So it's almost a surprise to me. And as soon as you say <laughs> it, I'll be like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, two of them I remember. And then the third I'm unsure of. Um, well, I'm going to start with the one that I didn't, I didn't dislike. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I need some time with it. Yeah, sure. And uh, that is the beyond. Yes. Because <laughs> um, I told you I uh, Italian horror is a pretty big blind spot for me. Um, I've seen Suspiria and I've seen, <sighs> there's one that I can't remember the name of and I think it's an Italian horror. I might just be making it up. It was like <laughs> a weird movie. So I'll think of it later. Okay. Um, I, I found this movie interesting. Um, and I had said this to you uh, the other day, a lot of eye stuff. Yeah. And um, I'm not great with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't so, like it at all. I was like, oh, nails through the head, popping yeah. the eyes out. Yeah. Um, a lot of acid to the face, I found. Yeah. Uh, and to the point that, like, I mean, I don't, I'm assuming we don't care if we spoil stuff in no, movies no, no, that no. are That's fine. this old. Um, when, like, the wife of the plumber has the acid fall on her face. I want to be like, just roll out of the way. And right. then it just keeps rolling. And I was like, how much acid is in this? <laughs> and I know it's supposed to be kind of like dreamlike, but I was just like, what is it? Where's that coming from? Right. Yeah, it's it's nonsense. And then I kept thinking, and and it might just be her her accent, or I don't know if it was dubbing. Um, the one is it is it Emily? That's the blind woman. Yes. So the way she talks reminds me in Twin Peaks when they would record people backwards and then <laughs> play it forward, and it like freaks you out a little bit. Yes. So every time she talked, I was like. Don't know if I should be terrified of you and the way you're speaking, <laughs> or if it's just like me being an asshole. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's one of those things that you know it it, it creates the a, a greater sense of disconnect, you know, because Italian yeah. a lot of these Italian horror movies are so weird already, and then to oh. have the dubbing on top of it just creates a, a different kind of sort of alienness to them. Yes. <laughs> Well, because nobody acts like a human from the beginning. Right. And so then when, like, shit went crazy, I was like, oh, now we're crazy. Right. Before that was your norm. <laughs> and I was like, when it was, like, the weird maid lady just, like, wandering around and stuff, I was like, you were already, like, a creeper. And now, like, you have scary stuff happening to you. And I <laughs> I just assumed you were already evil. And <laughs> just assumed. <laughs> um, and then, like, man, downer of an ending. <laughs> a little bit, Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You're trapped in a in a painting, or the world has ended. I couldn't. Yeah, I think it's quite. more like the world has ended. Basically, okay. just that like everything has become hell. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was a. It was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to, and I had to fast forward through the spider scene. That thing went on and on, and I was like, they're ripping out his tongue and his eyes, and I don't like spiders. <laughs> It's, uh, and I was like, let's just skip through this. It does go on, even in fast forward, I'll bet it took about yep, three yep. minutes to get through <laughs> yep. it. It's a crazy <laughs> scene because, again, like the acid, it's like, just roll out of the way, dude. Like, <laughs> they're not moving fast. Um, oh, I assumed he was paralyzed from falling. I don't know if he was. <laughs> I assumed he was, like, already, like, bleeding out from internal injuries and then insulted or, like... Yeah, insult injury was spiders ripping his face yeah. off. <laughs> that is, <laughs> I'll tell you, that's insult to injury. 
Um, I hope that you did pay attention, though, during the shots of, like, the multiple spiders coming towards him. When, when they're kind of hopping a little? Or well, right, because it, apparently, you know, Fulci could only afford like, two or three actual tarantulas, and then all the ones in the background are just the worst fake spiders you've ever seen <laughs> being dragged by fishing line unconventionally. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um is it's, that why it's only two spiders crawling over the glass to see them from the exactly, bottom? Exactly, <laughs> right, because they only had the two live ones, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a crazy movie. You know, the Italians basically shot all their movies without any sound, and so then they would go back and just dub everything after the fact. And uh, because they were releasing them in America, they would dub them with American actors. So all of the actors in the film are Italian, but all the people dubbing the voices are Americans. And part of that is because, you know, like in the beyond, they're trying to convince you that it takes place in America, right? It takes place in Louisiana. So surely everyone should have an American accent. My favorite is like the weird, heavy sort of New Orleans accent employed by whoever dubs the character that Fulci plays. Um, Fulci's in the movie. He's like the doctor, I think, that talks to the spider guy before he falls. Okay. Um, okay. And so it's again, it's it's a weird disconnect where they're trying to approximate. This is how Americans talk, and no, no, it isn't. Um, but okay, uh, and and then Fulci's such a weirdo because of how much he draws things out, because there's no real purpose to his narrative. It's just a bunch of things happening, and you know, again, that word dreamlike gets thrown around so much because I think so many of his movies do operate like a nightmare. Um, mm -hmm. Even the spider scene, you know, it's this, it goes on and on and on. And some of that is just because he's exploiting some gore. Uh, some yeah. of that is because, you know, if you were to have that in a dream, like that's what it would feel like. You would want to wake up, but you can't. So this just keeps happening. The spiders keep coming towards you. They keep eating you. Um, you want to wake up, but you can't. And so he tends to draw things out a really long time. And you know, you said you were sort of deficient in Italian horror. And because you said you had seen Suspiria, I didn't necessarily want to suggest you watch another Argento, even though mm -hmm. I think Argento is sort of a much better gateway, mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of much more palatable. Had I said, well, watch Deep Red or watch Tenebrae, you know, they're pretty traditional um, mystery films with some you know, pretty amazing stylistic flourishes or some weird psychosexual components, but much more traditional mysteries and Fulci's films are not. They are yeah. crazy. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, it is, when you were describing before, like being trapped in a nightmare mm -hmm. the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just everything is slightly off. and right. And which like worked, but at the same time, I didn't know what to expect, so I kept being like, am I not understanding this? Am I? <laughs> Is there something wrong with me? Turns out you were understanding it perfectly. <laughs> um, and even that, and that movie's even especially weird because it's not supposed to be a zombie movie, but then... But it's clearly a Well, right, because I think, I think it was literally his, maybe the producers or the financiers, somebody said, you need to put some zombies in this thing. So in the last act, all of a sudden, there's a bunch of zombies, even though the movie has nothing to do with zombies at all. Um, it introduces well, a bunch of zombies. Say, like, the, the dead will rise again with the right. door at hell open. Right. So like, 
it kind of works. Um, oh, I just figured out the. I was trying to remember the other Italian horror that I've seen. Yes, and it was um, Ghost House. The oh yes, Lindsay. <laughs> that movie's weird. <laughs> I love Ghost House. It's fun. <laughs> it's much more the beyond than it is anything else. But yeah, <laughs> the, that's the one where the the main character is like obsessed with ham radio. Yes. Well, yes. they find a haunted house because of a ham radio and it's like a creepy clown doll and a yes. ghost child that like murder people. And there's a girl that like you halfway think is going to survive, but instead she's cut in half about halfway through the movie. Yeah. It's, she's a child. <laughs> she's like the little sister of one of the kids that gets murdered yes. or one of the guys that gets murdered. And she's clearly like 15 oh and they, God. I think like a pane of glass takes her. Yes. Now I just want to talk about ghost house. <laughs> I love that movie. It's real weird. I watched it for the first time for a scary movie month. Nice. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that movie. Um, yeah, so The Beyond is my favorite uh Fulci movie, but again, if it's not your bag, uh I wouldn't say to give up yet. Uh, um there's some other <laughs> Argentos I would recommend trying out. Like maybe start off more with kind of the the giallo and watch some like mario bava and some and some more argento um because yeah fulci is i i threw you into the deep end with fulci (laughs) uh somewhat by design but then when you were like i don't know how i feel about that i should have seen that coming because again my own history is that it took me a long time to figure out how i felt about it you didn't like Italian horror for a while, right? No, I kept watching stuff being like, what is this? This makes no sense to me. <laughs> Why is this happening? And then at a certain point, a switch flipped, and that was something that I just fully embraced. Uh, and the more I watch these movies, sort of, the more I appreciate so much of the actual filmmaking, and I've sort of abandoned trying to understand a lot of the narrative aspects of the movie because it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more like the imagery right and the, yeah yeah and the way certain and the gore and stuff right which I, you know i don't even necessarily love i could do without a lot of that which is again another reason why maybe argento would be good because he's not you know super gory fulci made his name on being i think the goriest of all of the the italian uh, horror okay. filmmakers um you really threw me in it. <laughs> I did. I did. And But I will say The Beyond is not his goriest movie. No. Well, you already told me one of the – or I knew one of the <laughs> yes. eye scenes from the movie Zombie, and I was like, I don't need yes. to see that. <laughs> well, there's an even worse scene in uh, oh. <laughs> City of the Living Dead, which is something that I originally thought about throwing your way, where uh, a woman um, essentially vomits up her insides – For about as long as it takes that spider scene to play out. I mean, it just keeps going. And uh, there are many gifts of that if you're interested. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I'll just look at one of those. (laughs) You can decide. I don't think this movie's for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So there's kind of a a question mark on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As long as you're not (laughs) totally turned off of Italian horror. Uh, No. No. All right. Good. I would feel like I did a disservice if I ruined it for you. Um, All right. So next for me, I'm just going to go in the order I watched these, not from worst to best. Okay. So the second movie I watched from you, which 
I don't think we even talked about me having not seen, but you threw it out there and it was perfect because I had never seen it, was all about Eve. Mm-hmm. What was the, the rationale there? Oh, you just said you had a blind spot in some of like the older kind of movies. I knew you were talking specifically epics, but yeah. I was like, oh, if he hasn't seen... Maybe I was thinking maybe you had a little bit of blind spot for like fifties <laughs> movies and some black and white. Um, and I love all about Eve. Mm-hmm. I hope you liked it, but I love all about Eve. Um, so it seemed like one that it's, I feel like it didn't seem like the kind of movies I hear you usually talking about. And I kind of wanted to give you something like that hopefully you hadn't seen and was from a period that you might not watch a ton um, and it was just, I mean, it's all dialogue and I know nothing really like crazy happens in it, but the dialogue's <laughs> so good. <laughs> there was the scene with the spiders, uh, <laughs> where the spiders <laughs> attack Ann Baxter for like a long time. And I, <laughs> that's so weird, but I'm into it. Um, yeah. So this was another one that again, through popular culture in a lot of ways, I had mm-hmm. sort of absorbed the basic beats because it's been loosely remade so many times, yeah. uh, clearly most famously as showgirls yeah. in 1995, uh, which I did see. So uh, does that count? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so this was the one that I just loved full stop. Like I was like, okay. Oh man, this movie That's is, what I assumed. yeah. I mean, you know, there's, it's, it's certainly no, it's no breaking news that like, wow, all about Eve is really good guys. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys OMG have you guys heard about this movie Alien yeah no it turns out it's great um, so All About Eve is is awesome you know I am always a fan of Betty Davis um, and, and she made a ton of movies and I can't say that I've seen all of them but a couple years ago I think Warner Brothers put out a Betty Davis box and it was primarily her work in the 30s and 40s and then whatever happened to baby Jane, they kind of tacked okay. in there as well. Um, so you've seen that one. I have. Yeah. Um, Cause I almost thought about asking to g- trying to give you that one. Oh, but... okay. No. Yeah. I have seen that one. Um, <laughs> okay. I did not. Did you watch that show that was about the making of that movie? Oh, um, feud. Yes. Um, I watched like the first episode. I'm really bad about finishing shows. Yeah, so a lot of times I, I watch like <laughs> the first episode of things. <laughs> I heard it was good. I haven't seen it, but had you assigned me uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane, not only have I seen it, but then I would want to go back and like watch that whole show. And who has time? Um, but I had seen a lot of her stuff from the 30s and 40s and obviously, you know, watched a lot of interviews with her. And one of the things that I love most about Betty Davis is just how openly she does not give a fuck. And oh, not at all. <laughs> I mean, that is her entire character in All About Eve. So well, I was, the th- yes, I was totally on board for it. Um, I, yeah, I, I love that movie. Just, I'm like, I wish I could be as smart and as witty as the people in that movie. Just their like normal conversations. I'm like, oh, you're so much better than me. Um, and I love, like, I feel like a lesser movie would have made Margot seem like a bad guy at the beginning. Yeah. Of the Betty Davis character. And she's not. No. She's like, she's kind of a twit in that, like, she knows she's a great actress. She's Betty Davis. And, and she, well, yeah. And like, 
and that's supposed to be. It's like she's been on the stage since she was four years old. Right. And but like the people you see her being kind of a jerk to are her best friends who I just assume like watching it, it's like that's just their dynamic. They all like, give each other shit. Right. And that's like how they are. And I was like, I just, I loved the friendship between her and like the Karen, the like playwright's wife and her and Bill, her, the, her boyfriend, and even her and the, the Lloyd, the playwright, like Mm -hmm. they had their own friendship and stuff. And I just, it felt real and like lived in with all of the characters. And I mean, like Eve is kind of over the top at times, but then she plays that like innocent character so well Mm -hmm. that you get why people, you get why people would go along with her and then you get why people would turn on her and like realize pretty quickly that she's kind of crazy. I I should let you talk though, because you're the one who had to watch it. (laughs) No, that's okay. I want to hear your thoughts on it as well. You know, you, you'd mentioned the thing about the dialogue and that's something that I feel almost any time I watch a movie made before, let's say 1955, anything between like 1931 and 1955. Mm -hmm. I watched those movies and I just think to myself constantly, boy, is dialogue a lost art, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because yeah, just everyday conversation was witty and literate in films that are not necessarily known for their dialogue. You know, you watch something like his girl Friday, of course you expect a certain amount of brilliant dialogue or something by Billy Wilder. Of course you expect that kind of dialogue, Mm. but even, you know, uh, even a, a lesser known film from that period, a lot of times just has such smart dialogue and all about Eve, obviously better than most, which is why it's such a classic, right? Because the dialogue is so sharp. Um, and it is telling, a pretty interesting story. There's a reason that it's been ripped off so many times. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of fascinating the way that it comments on Hollywood and specifically on the experience of women in Hollywood at a time Mm -hmm. when, you know, it had only been around for 40 years or so, you know, uh, film as sort of a, a, a widespread medium and Hollywood as this place. It wasn't, the the territory was not as well known uh, or or well worn as it is now in 2018 when we see some of these stories and we say okay, oh wow okay another one of these oh, surprise surprise I remember um, like the Neon Demon did you see Neon Demon I did yeah okay so it's basically all about Eve you know uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways and that was one of the criticisms was oh wow yeah so models are super or modeling is superficial you know big surprise like okay sure but I think it's getting at a certain truth. And even if it's telling a story that, you know, I think it's telling it in a smart way. All about Eve predates all that stuff and sort of invents this story. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I I think if not for Betty Davis uh, playing Margot, there's no way I would like the movie as much. It would still be brilliantly written and really well directed. And the dialogue would be really sharp, but for me, even more so than Ann Baxter, who I agree does a really nice job of sort of sneaking up on you. Yeah. Um, for me, though, I mean, what makes the movie as great as it is, is Betty Davis essentially playing herself at this point in her career. Where it's like, she's like, I'm 40 and I keep, I'm not going to get those young parts right. anymore. And Right. Yeah. And I used to be, you know, Ann Baxter, I used to be the hot young 
actress who was in everything and was winning Oscars and uh, was beloved by everyone. And it's nice to see her. Not that this was, you know, necessarily a, a comeback movie, but this is one of her last, I think, great roles. One of her last, uh, I think whatever happened to baby Jane is probably her last truly great role. I know she acted then <laughs> all the way into the 1980s. You know, she was doing stuff with Larry Cohen, but, um, and whatever happened to baby Jane again, is just her not giving a fuck, which I love. <laughs> um, but she's, she's just so, so fun to watch and so incredible in this movie. I immediately went to Wikipedia, like, oh, surely she won the, the best actress Oscar for this movie, right? No, she did not. Um, was she nominated? A, a, a lot of people were nominated. Like pretty much everyone in this movie was nominated. Okay. And Baxter was nominated. Betty Davis was nominated. I believe the actress who played Karen, I think uh, it's Celeste, Celeste Holm, Holm was nominated. Thelma Ritter was nominated. Which, by the way, how great is Thelma Ritter in just a few scenes? Is she the like? She's the the, the maid. Maid. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, almost everybody who acted in this movie was nominated, and none of them won. Oh, yeah. that's stupid. <laughs> right? Um, I have to ask, because rewatching it, I was like, I can't tell. Is Eve lying when she tells Addison that Lloyd was going to leave Karen and marry her and, like, had proposed to her? Was she making that all up, or had he done that? I think she's making it up. She's making it up? Okay. Because I, I like, I was like, he did have a weird look on his face at the end when she's thinking and she like says his name. He looks kind of like, uh. But then he's like totally fine with his wife. And I was like, I feel like he wouldn't just be like chill with Karen after right. that. So I was like, oh, she's crazy. And <laughs> I, I feel well, maybe not. I mean, maybe I was going to say I feel like if if Mankiewicz wanted us to believe that, we would have seen that scene. Yeah. Because we saw um, the scene where she calls the house and he, like, leaves in the middle of the night right, to go to her house. And right. I was like, uh, I don't know. But maybe it is supposed to be, you know, left unspoken. Um, and I think I, I tweeted at you about the amazing last shot. I mean, so the, the oh, final, yeah. ah, sorry, the final beat of the <laughs> film. I got all excited. The final beat <laughs> of the film uh, is what we expect it to be, where essentially a new young ingenue has shown up. Uh, to Eve's house and is essentially history is repeating itself, right? Except now mm -hmm. Eve is Margot and this new young ingenue is going to be the new Eve. Um, and so it goes and so it goes, but there's this amazing last shot where the new ingenue is sitting in front of a mirror, admiring an award and the mirror is reflecting itself all over the place. Uh, so mm -hmm. there's multiple reflections as she studies this award and sort of dreams of this fake acceptance speech. And it's chilling and gorgeous and so, so, so great. What, what did I, I want to know if you like read it the same, like, what did you take it as? Um, I mean, I think there's probably a lot of ways to take it. I think, <laughs> I think um, one of them is just, you know, imagining this actress um, seeing herself reflected all these different ways. So you could say, oh, gosh, well, you know, it's because there's all these different sides of her, right, that we are mm -hmm. going to uncover over time, right? There's all these different sort of manipulations and versions of herself the same way that there were of Eve. You could take it as... 
again, telling the future in terms of, yes, there's this actress who's going to try to replace Eve, but guess what? There's eight others exactly like her and they're in this reflection, but yeah, that's what I was like an infinity of Eves. (laughs) Exactly. Right, right, right. Um, There's one always right behind you. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an amazing shot. Uh, the only the only thing that bothers me with not with that shot, but with that last scene with the the girl who says like you can call. I think she says like you can call me Phoebe or like that's what yeah, she calls right, herself. Right. Um, is it's Eve's only been doing this like she's they said it's been like a year, not even like a year that she's been there and has her award and stuff i want to be like you should be able to tell what's about to happen you just <laughs> yes, did this right. to somebody else like it's not like margot who never did this to anybody and has been on the stage since she was a small child like you just did this right you should be able to see another con artist right <laughs> and i was um, like come on you're smarter than this but she was also tired as she said <laughs> well and part of me honestly i mean yes she's tired part of me read a little bit into it where she sort of knows that this is the natural order of things. Mm. And so when she says, I'm tired, it's not just like, Ooh, I've had a long night. I just won this award. I'm tired. It's like, I'm Margot now. I'm tired. I don't have the energy to fight yeah. off the new me. So I know and, what's coming. And she did talk like the way she was talking was the way Margot was in the beginning when like right. she first met her. And I was like, man, very quickly. Yeah. And she also was going off to Hollywood, so maybe she doesn't care. She's like, yeah, this girl wants to be on stage. Sure, I'm going to be in right. movies. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great pick. Thank you for finally forcing me to watch that movie. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. I did. All right. Are we moving on to yes. my second yes. one? What okay. Is, what was your second one? I'll go with it's my second favorite and also the second one I watched. Okay. And that was Memento. Okay, that was the one I couldn't remember. <laughs> you couldn't... Oh, gosh, you couldn't remember Memento. <laughs> I remembered the other one, but not Memento. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> um, I don't know how I hadn't seen this movie. I remember it being huge when it came out. Yeah. Uh, I was in middle school, so maybe maybe that's why. Um, oh, cool. Way to make me feel old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You know... It's fine, I Eve. I'm like... <laughs> way into my 30s now. <laughs> um I I liked this one it, in a it depressed me kind of way okay. and like I just wanted somebody in the movie to be not a shitty person <laughs> but everybody was a sh- like a shitty person um I I knew it was told backwards before going in and I knew it was about a guy who couldn't remember stuff. Right. So I like had kind of, you know, the gist of things, but I don't know, like that worked for me really well. Um, I just, the, the, I got, it's going to sound weird. I got really mad when you find out that like Natalie tricked him by right, having right. him like beat her up and then not remember it. And I right. was just like, you're a jerk. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was cool with your character. And then I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. Um, the, the, so he's Stanley, right? Like I was understanding that correctly. I, he was the, yeah, I he was so. the one that reduced his wife with insulin because he'd had like the accident 
or not the accident, the like attack. Yes, I believe so. Okay. And the cop guy was just like using him to murder people. Joe Pantoliano? Yeah. Because he said like he killed the guy a year before and then he just like directed him towards this other guy to kill. Okay, so now I feel bad because I haven't seen this. I didn't have a chance to go back and watch it because I was watching these other movies, and then I was like, um, so there are certain aspects I don't remember as well. My memory is that Joe Pantoliano was not necessarily a bad guy, but I could be remembering this incorrectly. He he wasn't a bad guy, but... No, I I don't mean like not a villain. I mean literally like maybe the one sort of upstanding person in the movie, but I'm clearly remembering that wrong. I I don't know if, I mean, like, I guess he could be upstanding because, like, the guy that he had him kill was, like, a drug dealer. But at the same time, like, kind of seemed like he was, and maybe this was me understand, misunderstanding, but, like, it kind of seemed like he was kind of like a dirty cop because he, like, helped him kill the guy who had attacked his wife, which was a nice thing to do. Okay, um, right, right, right. But then he didn't remember it, and so he was just like, there's lots of John G's out there who yes. have done shitty stuff. Okay, now I remember. Let's just make you like a vigilante after them. Right, right, right. Which isn't – doesn't make him a bad guy, but I don't think it makes him a nice guy. Yes, now I remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Why – I think I think I'd said I hadn't seen that. Maybe that's why you picked this one because I was like, I can't remember why you picked this one, but I was like, I hadn't seen this and I haven't seen Traffic, and you were like, Oh yeah, I think I said my bad. Not that Traffic is bad, but I feel like <laughs> Memento has a greater place in popular culture than yeah. Traffic does. Yeah, I have like there's some early 2000s stuff just that came out, and like again because of my age at the time, weren't really the movies that I think it would have been right appropriate for me to be watching sure. slash i don't know how much i would have understood memento at the age of like 13 i mean maybe i would have been fine <laughs> yeah no i mean it may have been one of those movies that like blew you away at 13 you know because <laughs> it, it, it 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 seemed so daring at the time um in terms of the way it was structured because obviously i was older than 13 uh yeah. And I remember being like, oh, my gosh, that, you know, that movie knocked me on my ass because I hadn't seen something like that before. Um, it was interesting to watch it after having seen other Christopher Nolan films. OK. It's, it's Nolan, right? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Not his and first, but this was like the one that sort of announced him. And I, it doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't feel like his other movies to me because it feels I guess like now everything he does is big right and kind of right and this felt so much smaller and like just even a smaller story and smaller acting and every not small acting but you know what i mean like yeah a little less i think cold than some of his other movies yeah which i liked i liked that um but also um almost every one of his movies maybe not dunkirk and that might be it. Um, very much a movie about, you know, uh, men and obsession, which is mm-hmm. essentially what every Christopher Nolan movie is about. I'm like, and I'm thinking of the Batman. Movie. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah and right. Inception? Inception and uh, Insomnia and Interstellar and The Prestige. Uh, so oh, many yeah. of his movies are just about this kind of male obsession with, you know, something. 
uh, oftentimes the loss of a loved one, uh, as in Memento. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, I also wasn't expecting, I don't know if you ever watched CSI, but I wasn't expecting a Sarah Seidel to be his wife. Um, I've never seen CSI, <laughs> never seen but it. I will take your word for it. She was that's... one of like the main characters, and oh. I think this movie came out probably like the year that show premiered, or like okay. the year before it premiered. And I was just like, oh, look at her. I didn't think she did anything <laughs> else. <laughs> like I just assumed she'd been on this one show for years and years and years. Yeah. It's blowing my mind that this movie is like almost 20 years old now. Yep. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> There's like yeah no there's a lot of things that I feel like are 20 or almost 20 years old and I'm I'm like not cool with it. No, no, I don't blame you. Um so was it able to were you able to kind of appreciate the movie um in spite of the gimmick or or did the gimmick help you gimmick appreciate it? Okay. The gimmick worked for me. Um and yeah, no, the the going backwards worked for me i think it, maybe it took away knowing that it was there going in but at the same time like it meant that i didn't have any confusion at the start right i actually um perf- and i know i said like there was the or about the the stanley stuff i kind of liked the black and white scenes when it broke in and it was him telling the story and stuff okay. um that stuff actually worked really well for me there were scenes that and not that i expected to like laugh at all in this movie but there were scenes that like there's a scene where he comes to and he's yeah it's the biggest the chase yeah the the chase and he's like i'm chasing this guy and he's like no he's chasing me um i was like all right i'm cool with this i like this scene (laughs) but then and then the same one where he goes to the guy's house and or his his motel or whatever and he just hides in the bathroom and then immediately forgets and takes a shower (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then there were scenes where it was like heartbreaking where right. the Natalie scene when he's just like, don't forget this, don't forget right. this, write this down. Right. And then right. it's like, oh, you're not going to remember this. Yeah. Or when they all spit in his drink, those jerks. <laughs> I was like, stop being mean to the poor kid. <laughs> not kid, but the poor guy. But yeah, I remember appreciating that Nolan had sort of used the the form that he had chosen um, mm-hmm. to to do things like tell a joke in that case, you know, which most of his movies don't do. His movies tend to be pretty humorless. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's a little bit livelier and a little bit funnier at times, as you said, um, mm-hmm. that he was using the quote unquote gimmick to not just for its own sake, but he finds other ways to uh, employ that sort of backwards storytelling. Um in ways that are just that are not just about you know doling out exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy you gave me this one. All right, I feel like it was one that it was good for me to see it. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. Like my my film knowledge was lacking by not seeing. <laughs> right, and that's how I felt about all three of these. Um, okay. Again, even when which my third one is your <laughs> is your the beyond. Um, <laughs> But I'm happy to have finally seen it, you know? Uh, I, I knew going into your third. I was like, <laughs> it was a weird pick. It's a weird movie. But I, it's, for it's years... One of, it's yeah. One of, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, of we'll get into what the movie is, but of that director, it's the first one I've seen, and I've always heard the first movie you see of his is your favorite, which is why it's my favorite of his. Okay. But it's also 
a very weird movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the third movie that I watched was Spirited Away, the Miyazaki movie from 2001. Um, now, this is a movie that I have owned since it came out on DVD. Really? I blind bought it when it came out <laughs> and have not watched it in uh, about was it 17 still in the years. Packaging and stuff? Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, so it was great to finally crack off the 17-year-old plastic. <laughs> of my spirited away disc and put it on. Um, so here's the deal. Obviously the movie is insanely imaginative and mm -hmm. beautifully rendered. And it's just so nice to watch, you know, traditional cell animation. Now that all we mm -hmm. get basically is computer animation uh, that tends to be just about talking animals and stuff. And they listen, some of those movies are very entertaining, this is obviously on a whole other level. Um, but in the way that, and, and I thought of Italian horror a lot as, as, a, as I was watching this, because essentially it was, I can appreciate this. I can admire this. I cannot connect to this. Okay. And again, as I said, I think I'm the problem because I know there are so many people who love Miyazaki's work, who love studio Ghibli, who love, anime in general and this isn't necessarily exactly anime but it's pr a pretty close cousin um mm -hmm. because there are people who love that genre more than anything right mm -hmm. and i just have not yet been able and i haven't been exposed to all of it i try every so often um to check something out just so I can, maybe this will be the one, maybe this will be the one. I really thought Spirited Away would be the one based on the little bit that I knew about it. But I'm somehow unable to unlock this part of my brain um, as I watch it because fairly early on, there's a scene where uh, the boy, it's right after she gets to... Um, kind of crazy fantasy land, whatever. And spirit world, yeah. The spirit world. and uh, I, I assume that's what I think of it. <laughs> yeah, the boy says, like, you have to eat something from this world, otherwise you'll disappear. And yeah. that was honestly the moment where I was like, this is not for me. Because, <laughs> and it's not that it's bad, but there's something about the sort of crazy make em up rules of that idea oh, by the way, you have to eat something from this world, otherwise you'll disappear. Um, and that's kind of the whole movie, that the whole movie, is, there are no sort of hard and fast rules. And again, not no. that I necessarily need them. We just talked about The Beyond. I love The Beyond. And I was finally able to throw away that part of my brain that needed some sort of rules to govern those movies, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm not there yet with... Uh, with Miyazaki or with, with anime, you know, um, because that leap for me represented something more than I was able to do. Um, okay. and yet I know that there are so many people who align like that are just like, yeah, of course, of course you have to eat the thing. Otherwise you'll disappear. Let's move on and let's get into <laughs> even more crazy stuff because this speaks so directly to them and what they love and their brains are so unlocked to this type of storytelling um i even went back and i was because i was trying to like 
remember some of the names so I could talk about it. And I reread the Wikipedia summary and <laughs> I had just seen this movie and I was like, I cannot make sense of this at all. I'm like, um, as I'm here, like, I know their names. <laughs> yeah, well, no, thank God, because I'm just watching it. I, I'm reading this thing like, uh, huh, what? This the is... boy's name's Haku. <laughs> right, yes. But all just like, oh, and then No Face turns into this giant thing. And I'm like, what? Well, I'm like, I just watched this movie. What are they talking about? <laughs> um, and there were certain things that I loved, you know, like, I again, I loved the animation. I loved when she first sort of crosses over into the spirit world and she encounters her parents and they've been turned into pigs. I was like, okay, this is all really working for me because I think, you know, I grew up uh, in the 1980s when children's movies were allowed to be weird and mm -hmm. like dark weird and mm -hmm. a little bit scary, you know? And yeah, maybe your parents got turned into pigs <laughs> and like that was a terrifying notion. And so it was nice to see a movie that isn't necessarily aimed at children, but certainly features a child as its protagonist and is told in a form that is traditionally targeted towards kids, right? An animated feature is traditionally considered a family film or uh, a kid's movie, but that's because that's how we tend to use it in America. I understand that it's not the case everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, I was watching it sort of through the lens of it being more of a kid's movie or a family movie. And so for it to be weird and a little bit scary, I was like, yeah, I'm way on board for all this stuff. But at a certain point, it just gets so fantastic that I lose my grasp. And, okay. and I just can't quite. And it was very quickly if it was the. It was the, pretty quickly. Like it was like very, <laughs> that's pretty early. <laughs> And it's not like the movie completely lost me from there, but it uh -huh. just, it so stood out to me as like, oh, that's why I can't, I can't give myself over to these movies completely because of moments like that. Okay. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with that moment, but for whatever reason, when he said it, I was like, since when? Like what? We're just going to make that shit up. I um, do like that he clarifies she won't turn into a pig. Right. Because like, her, right. I was like, her parents just ate something and they turned into pigs. He's like, right. no, 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 you won't. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. I'm super glad to have seen it. It has not turned me off of, you know, Miyazaki okay. or anime. And again, there are people listening to this right now cringing because they love this stuff more than anything. And yeah. here I am just being like, huh, I don't get it. Um, but I have to be <laughs> honest in my reactions and say it's beautiful, but I can't, I, I have not yet been able to access the part of my brain that will allow me to give myself over to stories like this. Okay. No, that, that makes sense. This was, I feel like, I mean, I know West Side Story was kind of, I was like, oh, I don't know how I'll like this, but this one, I was definitely like, I don't know how I like this. Sure. Yeah. And again, when you um, mentioned it, I was like, yay, finally an excuse to see this movie that clearly I've been putting off for 17 years. So... I had asked if you had seen any Miyazaki before this. Like, do you know which other ones you've seen? Um, I've only seen a handful. Um, okay. The one I remember is is Princess Mononoke Miyazaki. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I saw that theatrically. Okay. Um, and had a similar response. It didn't help that it was like a very late show and that is a long mm -hmm. movie. And I was like, huh? Um and had there's you, maybe one other one that I've seen. Had you seen Howl's Moving Castle? No. 
I thought about that one. That one's kind of, I feel like, mixed with fans of Miyazaki. I like it a lot, but I feel like it has maybe, it's still fantastical, but it's based on a book and has maybe more of a plot to it. It's a girl gets cursed into being a, uh, by a witch, into being an old lady. And there's this like, wizard named Howell who has a giant it's a giant moving castle it like walks around and she decides he can help her hitches a ride and goes on like adventures while trying to get herself young again um but has probably a little bit more kind of of a story and I don't I don't know if that would help (laughs) Mm -hmm. it might because because Spirited Away is well the story is like save her parents get them turned back into humans, get home. To me, it feels much more of like, um, not like slice of life stuff, but it's little tiny stories within the movie. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm watching it, it's like, it's her cleaning that river spirit thing. It's her like facing Yubaba, which is the giant headed lady. Um, it's her like trying to save the boy dragon's life. And it's all little, like, kind of short right. short movies right. within, like, the time while she's stuck in the spirit world. Right. But the kind of, I guess, like, for this, yeah, the logic leaps don't bother me because I'm just like, yeah, it's spirit world. You have to eat something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I was like, yeah, sure. Those are the rules. <laughs> um, you know, there's magic and that's how it works. And I think I'm so kind of blown away by the beauty of it. Yeah. And the the score and there's times where it's like just lets the movie rest for a bit and it's just like like when they're riding the train and it's just music and they're going by and everything they're going by looks like a gorgeous picture mm-hmm. and I was like you don't get that a lot in movies here today right um, or like cartoons or animated films that to me like I don't know the the beauty of that and just how interesting it is kind of takes away any faults for me sure and again it's not i I wouldn't even suggest that there are faults in the movie if there are i don't even know what they are do you know what i mean (laughs) because i'm much quicker to be like no it's probably me that (laughs) if there's something that i think is wrong i'm like no that's just me the movie's fine um i really love i mean not just the animation obviously which as you correctly point out is is very beautiful but also that that uh you know, again, American animated films, particularly in the 2000s when this movie came out, although it was probably started in the late 90s, um, mm-hmm. tend to, as I said, focus on like talking toys or talking fish or talking bugs or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and that's fine because, again, a lot of those movies are really good. But mm-hmm. I like that Miyazaki in using animation has chosen a a story that couldn't be told in any other form. I mean, I don't, I can't conceive of a world in which you could do this same thing in live action um, and have the same effect. Do you know what I mean? That the animation is so necessary to the story that he has chosen to tell. Not that you could necessarily do talking fish in live action, but like, yeah, you probably could, you know, I mean, it would, it would just be a different form of animation, but whatever. They've As done we, the Jungle Book in that, live action. So that's, and probably... that's exactly what, right. Now we're doing Lion King and calling yeah, it yeah. live action. Like, no, it isn't. It's just more photorealistic. It's not live action. Yeah. Uh, 
it just says, you know, Jungle Book isn't live action. There's just one actual actor, and then the rest of the movie is all animated. Um, And this movie could only be done in animation because of just how crazy it is and how imaginative and how ambitious it is. Uh, The animation is necessary, and I really like that aspect of it as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had said you should have your kids watch this, but then rewatching it, I was like, I don't know, his kids might not like this. I, they might get bored, and that's not the yeah. movie's fault. I mean, they get bored way too easily, which terrifies me for the future. But uh, yeah, this might not be the one to start them on. Start, yeah. I've um, I've slowly been working my niece Lily through the Miyazaki films, not mm-hmm. like Princess Mononoke because. She's not ready for that. Right. Um, she's five. <laughs> but she's obsessed with My Neighbor Totoro. She saw it for the first time when she was two. And she'll oh, wow. still occasionally, if I'm over there. Because that one's, if you've never seen that one, it's very gentle. And it's much more for little kids. Okay. Um, there's like nothing scary happens in it. Nothing really adventurous happens in it. It's just like little girls move into a house with their dad. Their mom is sick. And they make friends with some wood spirits. And that's about it. And then um, she loves that. We'll still ask for it. She's seen Spirited Away. She mostly just finds the fact that the parents got turned into pigs to be hysterical, um, which might say a weird thing about my niece. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's seen there's another one, Castle in the Sky, that she's seen and really likes. And that one has space pirates in it. And so she's a fan of space pirates. But I'm like, I'm like, I'm slowly working her way through these. I was like, I'm going to give this kid the best, like, film education as she grows up. (laughs) Like, she'll work her. I think next is going to be, you know, I've got to like the Dark Crystal soon, maybe. Okay, yeah. (laughs) See him for whatever reason. And maybe it just has to do with seeing it as a child, like we did a whole show on the dark crystal. I don't have a problem with the dark crystal. Like for mm-hmm. some reason that my brain works with that movie. And again, mm-hmm. maybe because I saw it as a kid. And so half of what it's tapping into is just the childhood memories of seeing it. Had I grown up watching something like spirited away, maybe it would work better for me now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Um, well, I'm glad you liked you fully liked at least one of them. I did. I'm happy to have seen all three. I'm the problem with the other two. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I really am. Like, again, West Side Story, it's totally fine. It's just I was familiar with it, spirited away. It's totally fine. Probably great. But I am broken and <laughs> could not wrap my head around it. Uh, what was your third and final movie? My third, the last but also best was uh the long goodbye yes the is it um altman yeah yes and it's the the philip marlowe detective movie and this is like right up my alley on kind of movies i like i guess um i i mean i like lots of different movies but this one i loved elliot gould as philip marlowe his just kind of like, it was like swagger, but like loser guy swagger. And I, I don't know. I like, not how realistic it is, but I like how real looking people in the seventies were like actors <laughs> looked really, they weren't beautiful. Right. They were normal, right. but also all of them are kind of sweaty looking, which I can't <laughs> quite figure out why. <laughs> 
<laughs> like everybody looked a little dirty. Um, but it was like, you wouldn't see any of these people in like a movie today. No. They just, they wouldn't be able, like they wouldn't let them. Hollywood would be like, no, right. you can't. Right. Um, I liked that. I, I, I kind of figured out the mystery, but like at the same time, I feel like the mystery wasn't a huge mystery. It was more the, the like Philip Marlowe himself and the acting and stuff. Um, I, there was scenes of violence that I wasn't expecting Mm -hmm. that like the, the Coke bottle scene um, that like really threw me off because the movie hadn't really had that level of violence. Then all of a sudden somebody's getting their face smashed in Um, somebody who didn't deserve it at all. And that was a jerk (laughs) move. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, you're, you're an, you're an evil guy. Okay. Um, I don't, I feel like I need to watch more Altman movies now. If I don't know, are they all like this? I I mean, a lot of them are. He's a, he's a little more hit and miss than some of his contemporaries, but I feel like if you stick to, 70s Altman you're okay. you're pretty safe uh once you get into the 80s it becomes much spottier um okay. but you had initially said that like the 70s were a little bit of a blind spot right is that how I landed on this yeah okay they there's a whole bunch of stuff that like <clears throat> I feel like I've seen things through kind of osmosis of just right. like popular culture and right. then I'm like oh I don't think I actually saw that um I mean I've seen some like I've seen I've seen Bonnie and Clyde. That was was that sixties? That might have sixties. It's late sixties, yeah. Late sixties. When's Taxi Driver? I've seen that. Uh seventies. I've seen that. And then but like haven't seen Altman, haven't seen um oh, I was there was one I was thinking of and I'm blanking. It just just a lot of I feel like a lot of the big ones for the seventies. Okay. Sure. I just for some reason I've seen like 30s through 60s and then like 80s to today <laughs> and then like there's a blank spot in like the early 2000s and then like 70s are just kind of out well you are in luck because uh the 70s are sort of widely considered the greatest period in american movie making in history um, i know that's why it's weird that I yeah seen so there's so much good stuff and i think when you said the 70s obviously it was like oh my god what do i pick um and there were a few that came to mind, mm-hmm. um, and I, I didn't necessarily want to go with something like, you know, Nashville. A because it's almost three hours, but B because like, oh, that's sort of the, the one that Robert Altman is maybe most famous for. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to go with maybe one of his. I would say lesser known, but I do feel like Long Goodbye is pretty well known. Um, mm-hmm. The other one I was thinking of was The Conversation. Have you ever seen The Conversation? Um, I feel like I know it, but I haven't seen it. So it's not Altman. It's Francis Ford Coppola. Um, Gene, okay. Gene Hackman is sort of a surveillance okay. expert. Um, it's again, it's amazing. I mean, uh, the, we, I could go on and on recommending just movies from the seventies. Um, but yeah, honestly, seventies Altman, like McCabe and Mrs. Miller, I think you would love, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the movie right now. California Split is uh, Elliot Gould and George Siegel as gamblers. It's an amazing movie. Even MASH, okay. if you've never seen the movie MASH, like I never got I into the, I, Yeah, and I never got into the TV show of MASH, mm-hmm. but the movie is like incredible. Again, Elliot Gould, Donald Sutherland. Um, yeah, there was a period of time where I went like 
way into Robert Altman and saw a lot of his stuff and most of his work in the seventies, you're pretty safe with. Um, and again, what's interesting about him is that he tended to work in all these different genres. So he makes mash and that's his war movie. And he makes McCabe and Mrs. Miller and that's his Western. And he makes the long goodbye. And that's sort of his film noir, you know, detective story. He makes mm -hmm. Nashville and that's his musical. And he would revisit a lot of these genres again over his career. But, um, man, long goodbye is so good. And I just love all the stuff with the cat. I love the way he just sort of mumbles all of his dialogue. He does. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I, I can't tell at times if he's drunk or just like, <laughs> no, I think that's purposely true. being like belligerent. Yeah. And like seventies, Elliot Gould is the coolest. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's weird for those of us who grew up after that period, because we grew up on Elliot Gould as like, Ross and Monica's dad, right? And like, so we don't know that like Elliot Gould was so cool and so popular in the <laughs> 1970s. And then you go back and watch any of his movies from that time, and you're like, man, he was the coolest. And uh, like, that swagger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Long Goodbye, I mean, might be, I, I it might be my favorite of his performances. Like, I just. Um I like again because we don't care about spoilers from a movie that came out in sure. the early seventies. I'm hoping, um, but the ending, like, yeah, it was. I wasn't expecting. Like I, when he confronted him, I was like, "All right, cool." But when he just shoots the guy, I was like, "Oh, you're just you're just gonna kill him, huh? You're just gonna kill him and walk away. <laughs> Play your harmonica, walk down the street, okay? Yeah. <laughs> your tiny yeah. harmonica." I was like, "Sure." <laughs> And again, I think that may be because you haven't seen that many movies from the 70s, because if you have, <laughs> that's kind of a not a commonplace ending. It's not that every one of the movies ends with like the main character shooting somebody, but the sort of uh, the frankness mm -hmm. with how sort of bleak it sometimes can be in the 70s is very commonplace, where it's like, yeah, of course it ends that way, because unfortunately you know cynicism kind of ruled the day and there are a few things m more cynical than the ending of the long goodbye <laughs> well and it wasn't mm. even like not having seen um a lot of 70s movies mm -hmm. that surprised me with that it was like his character is i mean he gets like pissed at points but he's so just kind of friendly like weirdly friendly sure that I was like, oh, like I just didn't expect this guy to shoot somebody. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it should make sense. He's like, although I don't know how many private uh, private investigators are like straight up murdering people. Hopefully, not that many. Well, and again, but I think so much of it is about his journey to unfortunately becoming jaded enough that he can do something cold blooded like that. You know, mm -hmm. um, have you seen Chinatown? Yes, I have seen that. So, I mean, Chinatown doesn't end the exact same way, but certainly Jake Giddies kind of gets to that same point. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's sort of about uh, not corrupting the main character, but certainly making them much more sort of hard-edged based on what they experience in the film. What do you think mm -hmm. of the score to The Long Goodbye? I thought it was fine. Um, I don't know if I noticed that much. It's... Every piece of score is a variation on the one song. Okay. 
I feel like I remember thinking like they played this song already. Yeah, that's but... it. That's it. That's okay. everything. And at one point, he's in the grocery store, and there's like the Muzak version of it playing. <laughs> I mean, there's it's just the song uh, reinterpreted a bunch of different ways. I think I maybe I just like only thought I noticed it, like right. being like, oh, they must be playing this song again, but not <laughs> noticing it the other time. Right. Um. Oh, what was I going to say? I. I'm still hung up on that Coke scene, though. The Coke bottle scene. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger just... shows up. Was that fun? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All of a sudden, he was there, and I was just like, huh. That was, that was a, very, a, a very early appearance from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is that like his bodybuilding days? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. that was just as he was starting to get into acting. Okay. Well, because I was, and it was like a while before, like, well, I guess he did what Conan and everything. Yeah. Again, that was early eighties by the time he's yeah. sort of headlining his own movies. It wasn't until the eighties, but th- really throughout the seventies, he was, he just like pop up and stuff. Yeah. He would show up in stuff as he was trying to get an acting career off the ground. Uh, yeah. usually not as respectable as a Robert Altman movie, but <laughs> I mean, nothing like so terrible, you know, he's in stay hungry and he's in the villain and he's in, although I haven't seen, um, I forget. It's like Hercules goes to New York, a.k.a. Hercules goes bananas. And that might have been like his first actual leading role. But it's, I think, pretty shitty. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I've listened to the How Did This Get Made episode. Right. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds exactly like the (laughs) title. Uh, Hercules goes to New York makes it seem. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of surprises there, I don't think. No. Um, (laughs) No, I'm... I'm I'm happy you had me watch this one and I'll definitely have to watch I have to watch more seventies things because I feel like I've said before, I like my movies to be like either like really bright and happy and fun or I just want to be like really bleak and depressed. Yeah. Yeah. I have like middle ground. Yeah. No, that's good. Then the seventies are for you. Uh, <laughs> minus the part where they're all happy. Um but yeah, I mean, so like more great movies than you can even conceive of right now um, came out during that decade. So there's a there's a, a huge well from which to draw. Um, I think we should do this again. I think this was super fun. Yes. Um, I, f- I don't know what I would assign you that I wouldn't feel mean assigning you. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Because, like, you know the you you've given me two that I want to assign you, and I'm like not mean enough to do it. What are the two? Oh, like I I want to make you watch Gone with the Wind. At okay, some point. at some point I have to. <laughs> and then um, you said you haven't seen Sound of Music, and I want to make you watch Sound of Music, but like only up until a certain point, and <laughs> then like I feel like it turns into a different movie. Okay. Because you know the story, right? Like of Sound of Music. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a point where the movie feels like it ends, and then all of a sudden, like, Nazis come, and there's a whole just part of the movie that's just Nazis. Right. And the movie before that is a completely separate movie, and I was like, I feel like you could watch the happy part, and then just... <laughs> anything? The is there anything under three hours that you feel like I should watch? Oh. Or do you want to throw, like, Showa in there as well? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, have you seen Red Dust? Uh, No. Clark Gable and Gene Harlow. I don't think that one is super, super long. It's from like 1932. Okay. And that's kind of, that's a fun one. Um, You've seen, like, I know you've seen, you've seen some like it hot, I'm assuming. Yep. 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 
Okay. Um, have you seen most Billy Wilder? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. What else? Um, have you seen It Happened One Night? I have. Okay. So you've seen like you've seen like the big ones for kind of the. I think the so. Old. Yeah. Um, no, Red Dust is really fun. Okay. The epics are fun. I mean, not Doctor Zhivago. I don't really like that movie. Okay. Um, and like Lawrence of Arabia, I've had borrowed from a friend sitting on a shelf for like ten years now, and I've yet to watch. <laughs> that one I actually have seen. I have not seen. <laughs> it's amazing. I've heard. Yeah. I just haven't brought myself to watch it yet. And as somebody who does not necessarily love historical epics, I was like, oh, this movie is something. Uh, <laughs> another kind of blind spot for me was disaster movies for a long time, but um, JB has kind of helped me through that because I keep just borrowing them from him. And I've yet to really like any of them, but I've at least... Like, like Poseidon's. Yeah, uh, Towering Inferno. Yeah. Uh, roller coaster i think he got me to watch so i've seen a handful uh and i've yet to really you know it's never going to be my thing i don't think they're fun in like a a silly way i guess roller coaster is kind of weird right That's, yeah no i thought like, and i love like just don't don't ride the roller coaster i feel like kind of yeah i love george siegel but like and i didn't love that movie i mean towering inferno was kind of fun because the cast is so big and overqualified and <laughs> people that you don't expect to get lit on fire definitely get lit on fire in that movie. Uh, so that's interesting, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if it's ever going to be totally my bag. Do they, do you have any other, do you have any other blind spots? I won't make you watch another Miyazaki. I'll be nice. <laughs> I'm sure that I do. I'll have to think of, of what they are. Um, okay. cause I, I mean, I know I do. Um, I'll have to come up with them so so okay. I can I can let you know what those blind spots are and then you can try to pick a movie based on those. But this this was really fun. So thanks for for doing this like, with me. I feel like now anytime I'm on the uh, podcast, it's just going to be us signing. Maybe, but no, we'll try to mix <laughs> it up. We'll try to do like one or two regular episodes, and then every once in a while pull one of these out. Some of it, you know, I think depends on the reception to this episode. If everybody's like, "This That's is a true. garbage episode." <laughs> Why did you oh. say those things about Spirited Away? Uh, we love Spirited Away. Or I love Spirited Away. You love Away, Spirited so Away. Don't get mad at That's me. right. Exactly. <laughs> Direct all your anger at me, everyone, because I didn't understand why you have to eat something in the spirit world. Otherwise, you'll disappear. <laughs> well, she was just hungry, so, you know? Yes. I mean, to be fair, like you also have to eat stuff in this world, otherwise you'll disappear. Uh, and by disappear, I mean die. Um, you go to the spirit world. Right, exactly. Where you then have to eat something, otherwise you'll disappear from there. And then where do you go? Where are you then? Nowhere? Uh, you're, you're whatever the spirit world is in Coco. Oh, jeez. But then you can come back here, right? So it's like... Have you watched Coco yet? Listen, let's not get into that. <laughs> you haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's on so much in my house, I feel like I've absorbed it. Uh, my daughter loves it so much. It's so good. No, I know, but I need to actually sit down and watch it beginning to end. Like, I don't want to do that'll this. Be, that'll be the next one I assign you. Be I'm, perhaps by then I will have already seen it. I just don't want to do this thing where like, I'm watching it in 10-minute pieces, which is sort of what it is now. And I'm going out of my way not to really pay attention when she has it on because I don't want to absorb it that way. Um, yeah. I mean, there were years where, like, 
I knew all of Tangled, but had never actually sat down and watched Tangled, you know? And so uh, I don't want to absorb the same this movie that way. Did you ever sit down and watch Tangled? No, because I've basically seen Tangled, but I know I haven't. Like, I've never <laughs> sat down and watched it beginning to end. But if I were to, I would know every scene. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. well thank I would say thank you for having this was fun. This in was a, fun. This in an am, experimental way. That's right. I'm sorry I made you watch the Beyond. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next time no Fulci, I promise. Um but yeah, this was super fun and, and thank you all again for listening. As always, you know, here's all our regular information. We're at fthismovie.com every day. Um we're on Twitter at fthismovie.com. You can email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the show and you've not yet you know, rated us in iTunes, please take 20 seconds and do it um, because it does help raise the visibility of our show. Uh, not totally sure what's on the docket for next week, but I think it's something cool. So make sure you stick around for that. Uh, happy belated birthday to you, Robin. Thank you. And uh, thanks again for doing the show. Thank you for having me on and introducing me to movies that I hadn't seen before. <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.